Happy Monday, my friends. This is Lauren Friedman Albert, also known as Lauren on the Twitter, since sometimes she knows how to say her own word, words, damn, her own name. Uh, I'd like to welcome you back to another amazing episode of Cisco Champion Radio. Today we're talking about Fast Lane Plus, so settle in and join us for the next half hour or so as we dive deep into this technology and quick reminder, you can always learn more about any of the topics we cover here on Cisco Champion Radio simply by clicking on the link provided in the description below. But wait, there's more. (laughs) If you could be so kind as to leave a gentle comment or note for us in your podcast platform, that would bring joy to our hearts. Alrighty, let's get started um, and meet our amazing lineup of Cisco Champion hosts and our very knowledgeable Cisco expert. Uh, Jerome, start with you. Can you tell us, uh, who are you? What do you do? Hello, everyone. So I'm Jerome Henry. I work in the office of the CTO for wireless at Cisco Systems, and I look into optimization for uh, clients in Cisco networks. And I love work a lot with Apple. So we'll tell more about that in a minute. Congratulations. All right. Uh, Michael, who are you? What do you do? Hi, Lauren. I'm Mike Rhodes. I am the IT manager for a company called North American Hoganist. It's a Swedish company. We're an industrial manufacturer, and I love all things networking, which is why I'm here. And my Cisco or my Twitter handle is at Cisco Mikey. Awesome. Uh, ben, who are you? What do you do? Hi, Lauren. My name is Ben Storen. I'm a senior network security engineer for Red Eye Networks, and you can find me on the Twitter as uh, ntwrk80 or on my blog at packitforwarding.com. Awesome. And last but like, and no, not least. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Jonathan, you know, I love you. Jonathan, who are you? What do you do? Uh, I love you too, Lauren. It's okay. So uh, my name is Jonathan Mahadi. Uh, I'm part of uh, BHP and I work as an SME in the networking um, space. And I am on the Twitters uh, at Jonathan.Mahadi. Okay, now, quick question. On the prep call, we had that you are what you're you're mining metals and michael you're you're using them in spray paintingness totally something like that yes we make powder metal with his stuff that's right so i dig iron ore yeah and then we we uh, he uses it <laughs> i find that quite interesting mm-hmm. yeah very much linked and it's neat how wi-fi actually interacts with that stuff so good exactly. host exactly i'm shimmering with joy all right but uh back to our very knowledgeable cisco dude uh jerome i know you love fit when i call you dude and i'm sure i will go hide after this call um give us a quick like intro what is what is it you do with with this other fruit company we you mentioned earlier <laughs> a lot of things uh, despite you no know, eating michael's iron um, we, you know, we've been working with Apple for a long time, right? And we do a lot of optimizations because they are very sensitive to the user experience in Cisco networks. So we've been working on uh, optimization of roaming between access points, uh, analytics to better understand the devices and you know help troubleshooting. Uh, we've been developing Fastlane originally, um, which is to optimize uh, business relevant applications when there is congestion. Um, and that is maybe something we, we need to touch a, a word on. Um, Fastlane, the idea was back in 2015, right? So a long time ago at the scale of wireless, where we're saying when the congestion happens in your cells, in your Wi-Fi cells, what you need to do is to be able to prioritize the business relevant applications. Of course, you send everything you can, but if there is congestion and you have the choice to make within that milliseconds, which one, which one packet you want to send first? And we say, well, probably the business relevant applications first. So we developed Fastlane where if you can deploy a profile into an iOS, iPadOS, macOS device, 
then when you get in range of a Cisco access point that supports Fastlane, it signals it. And then the device is going to look into that profile and say, all right, so in this environment, in Cisco network, for example, which applications are business relevant? And it's going to apply QoS marking and prioritize those applications. And those that are not business relevant are also going to be sent, but you know, as best effort, which means that if there is competition, business goes first. So Jerome, you, you're touching on a point there that I is kind of came to my heart. Um, so we're trying to optimize for Wi-Fi, right? So we want the device to speak, pass its data, and get off the air as quickly as possible, right? So how does this new feature, Fastlane Plus, uh, improve on this premise? Yes, exactly right. We, we want to be out of the network as soon as we can. And with 11AX, we have more bandwidth, and you're right, Jonathan, we want to be as fast as we can, and 11AX brings a lot of that. Uh, but there are some cases where congestion still happens. And when that happens, what you want to make sure is that those business critical applications, real-time applications, get off the air fast, which means that they need to be programmed fast. That is to say, they need to get the airtime when they need it, as soon as they need it, so they don't have to wait. And then they send, and then they stop. So as we're you know prioritizing all of that airtime, what happens when we've got a whole bunch of clients that all decide that they want to do a you know video call or whatnot in, in the same area at the same time? Can, can Fastlane Plus help help with that? Yes, yes, and and I think then we need to to get a bit deeper into the technology from from what you are asking. So so with 11ax we have this uh, great technique which is called BSR, which stands for you know uh, um, uh, 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 buffer uh, status report, where when a station has traffic to send, it fills its buffer with that traffic, and then with 11ax BSR, that's the regular 11ax. At some point, it can tell the access point. The access point can ask or the station can, you know, go and tell the access point. Uh, so that's fine you know, if you have a, a lot of competition because then the access point can prioritize those uh, uh, stations that have traffic, which is high priority because it's real time. Uh, but then when congestion starts to get really high, and that can happen, uh, what can happen is that the station not only may not be able to tell every time, because there is, there is congestion, so it has to repeat that message and have traffic, have traffic, have traffic. So that repetition may not happen all the time, because at some point, you know, you compete with other stations, and you're a bit delayed when you say that, and sometimes it gets too late for these real-time applications. Um, and also, um, sometimes uh, you just react, right? So the station says, I have traffic buffered, which means it, it, it's traffic which is already ready to be sent, and that has been sitting there for how many, you know, microseconds, milliseconds, we don't know. It's, a, you know, at the scale at which we work, it's, it's pretty fast. So what we thought of doing with a Fastlane Plus is to say, well, if you have the ability to know in advance what type of traffic you're going to send, you know, it's real-time application, it's RVR, it's WebEx, uh, then the, the, the station can tell in advance, I'm going to send this. This is the flow that's starting. This is the kind of traffic it's going to be sending. This is the kind of service I need from you. This is the kind of scheduling. This is how often, how much I need. And based on that, the access point can automatically allocate this traffic flow, this airtime to the station, and bum, 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 get that tempo so that the um, station has the ability to send as soon as the traffic gets into the buffer without you know, needing to have the buffer pile up and then having to compete to tell the access point. It's automatic as long as the traffic is ongoing. Um, so just, I'm really curious as well, Jerome, um, you know, this sounds like you're putting a lot of workload on the client. 
Um, will there be any impact to the battery or, or what's the benefits? Oh yeah, that's a great point, Jonathan. Um, battery and other clients are, are two key considerations. Um, yeah, we, we did a lot of tests. We, we did extensively uh, uh, testing in, in all sorts of scenarios. And, and what we see is that with regular BSR, the regular 11AX, uh, two things happen. One is that you need to send that BSR. So you have this frame that keeps repeating and that consumes some battery, of course. And because the access is not necessarily deterministic, uh, you will be colliding. And you know, you, you, if you're all Wi-Fi aficionados, you know what happens when a station competes for traffic, right? It uh, sends traffic, it doesn't make it through, so the station has to wait, retry, retry, and then rate shift down. So all this is going to consume battery, consume airtime. So what we see is that with this Fastlane Plus feature, because we allocate time exactly when the station needs it, there is this first request, which is the equivalent to the BSR reports. But then after, you know, there is no loss because there is no collisions, there is no repeats, there is no rate shifting. So in the end, you do exactly what you were saying before, Jonathan. You get on the air, send, and then stop because it's done. So you don't need to continue, retry, etc. So you save battery. And because you leave more airtime, the other stations around you also have more airtime, even if they don't do Fastlane Plus. I, I have a question, uh, Jonathan. So, you know, these guys are going to be using this. Clearly, you know, post-COVID, we're going to be high density. Everyone's going back to work. What, uh, what kind of devices are within Apple? Are we talking only the latest and greatest AX devices supported? Or are we going to go back and see some of the old, you know, older iPhones, older iPads, Mac OSs being supported? Yeah, it's a great point. It's, it's, a, it's an 11AX feature, right? Um, because uh, that's very important. What, what the access point does, it schedules time. Uh, which means that the station driver, its chipset, has to understand that concept of scheduling. Um, and you're, you're perfectly right, spot on. 11AX is the feature that brings that to the uh, awareness, you know, in the access point, of course, but also in the client. So you're right, any iOS, macOS, uh, uh, iPadOS device that is going to be 11AX will have the ability to support this feature. Other devices don't even have this awareness that they can be sending because the AP allocates them time. Uh, so they won't be able to to use that that feature. They will still use Fastlane, right? But not this Fastlane Plus. So I when guess schools I need to get rid or healthcare plan this out, um, you know, they want to look ahead and make sure they have the technology to meet up with the, the corresponding wireless technology, correct? Right, yes, that's a great point because, you know, today you may be working from your home and saying, hey, I have this uh, latest 11AX access points. There is no congestion. Uh, but congestion will happen first, you know, when people will go back to, you know, normal environment where there will be a lot of people, but also happens today as your neighbors, everybody's equipping themselves with 11AX latest stuff, uh, starting to use more and more of those capabilities with the AR, VR. So you, you start having more and more, you know, consumption of that bandwidth that 11AX brings. It's always the same thing. If you have a car that goes faster, you go faster. And the faster your car goes, the faster you go. It's the same with that with bandwidth. So congestion is going to happen and we'll already start seeing it. I must admit, I love when neighbors use overlapping channels in the 2.4 space, right? <laughs> yeah, I suggest my neighbors say, hey, you keep 2.4 all for yourself, and I keep this five thing. And they say, oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so when you guys were doing your testing with uh, Apple on, on this, I'm sure that you try to do some worst case scenarios and stress testing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, of course, a, a key thing to understand, and I'm sure everybody at home will try and, and see how Fastlane Plus works. Um, if you don't have congestion, you don't have a problem to solve. So if you have, you know, I don't know, 30% utilization on your channel because you're by yourself in your lab, you won't see much of a difference because there is no difference to see. Everything is fine. When you start getting beyond that edge, you know, 50% channel utilization, that's where things become complicated. And we see that the higher you go in congestion, the better the difference you see between Fastlane Plus on and Fastlane Plus not on. Um, and of course, you know, there gets a point where, you know, everything explodes, right? Basically, if you get beyond 95% channel utilization on your access point, um, things go really wrong in general. And that's not, you know, so much about Fastlane Plus here. It's because these stations have so many traffic buffered uh, that regardless on how you schedule them, uh, there are, are always a station, there's always a station that's trying to say something at some point. So, you know, things stop, you know, working properly. But in that range, you know, between say 70%, 95%, you know, as you climb up that hill, uh, you see that, you know, stations running fast lane plus continue having a smooth, you know, real-time application experience uh, while, you know, the other have started collapsing at 50% and beyond 70% are just become unusable. Jerome, just going back on the uh, pr uh, prioritization, especially when I think about, you know, Fastlane, as you mentioned earlier, you know, this sounds like it's like building blocks, right? So you're building on one feature. So there's an, an idea here that we could possibly prioritize applications over another. Uh, so essentially still provide some sort of um, level of service at, let's say, a guest level and still provide that priority service over the top when there's congestion. Can you maybe just explain maybe some examples of that and, and what that would look like? Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because um, Fastlane and Fastlane Plus can complement each other. They don't have to, but they can. Um, and the idea is, suppose you are in a healthcare environment. You know, nurses and doctors are exchanging, you know, real-time video of uh, your knee, whatever you're looking at. Um, and of course, that traffic is real-time, has to happen, it's priority. And you may at the same time offer, you know, guest services where, you know, patients or visitors may have access to the internet. And although it might be a different SSID, of course, it's going to be the same radios. Um, so we've combined those two together to say that as the station can tell us, um, Fastlane Plus, you know, this is the traffic I need, it can also tell us if it's Fastlane. That is to say, if that query is coming from a station that just says, you know, my user is using a real-time application and I need priority, or my user is really uh, using a real-time application, we need priority, and it's business relevant. So if we get to the high range of this um, saturation, you know, 85, 90%, and we have that kind of choice to make, we're going to allocate more airtime to that business relevant application so that, you know, your nurse, you know, uh, uh, a photo or image of, of your knee uh, gets before you know, my, my AR VR game I'm playing in my room. Uh, so, so that combination still exists, but you know they're not required, you know, to be there. If you're uh, just asking for Fastlane Plus services and there is no competition against a business relevant application, that traffic will still be allocated, you know, our time as it needs, as long as TAP has these resources. So, are you able to actually say what is a business application? You know, healthcare is going to say it's one application, your X-ray equipment, whatever, uh, or is in industrial manufacturer, I might need some other service. So, is that tunable? Can that be said? This is yes. this is not. Absolutely, it is. In the Fastlane world, the way that this works is that the business uh, devices, you know, your iPhone in your enterprise is going to receive a profile. 
uh, you know, can be sent over email, can be MDM, you know, management station, can be multiple things. Um, and as you install that uh, profile on your device, it's going to say, oh, for SSID XYZ, um, this is the business relevant application. So it's entirely treatable. It could be your you know, specific uh, application for your enterprise. As long as you have that name available, uh, you can install it in your devices. And that's a whitelist, right? So it's, a, it's great because it means that you're going to have this feature available uh, for your uh, devices. And anybody coming as a guest is likely not running those business relevant applications, but you know they may be running time-sensitive applications. So we'll be allocating that you know, airtime to you as we can and to them as we can. But if there is every any congestion by 90% channel utilization, your business problem application will continue to be prioritized. Well, well, there is going to be slowed down a little bit. Just to touch on, um, I'm just curious myself, Jerome, is this like more of a hardware feature, software feature? I mean, what's the plan for this? Will this be like uh, introduced into uh, existing AP ranges or, or and, and you know, um, what's the plan for AeroS and, and uh, other product lines? Oh, that's a great, great, great point. Um, you know, in general, what we try to do is to solve industry problems. Um, and, you know, it may sound pompous to this to say that, but really, that's that's the thing, right? Uh, when we did Fastlane back in 2015, um, QoS was very in a bad shape, I would say, on on the client side. And you know, Apple, who cares very much about this uh, user experience, said, "Okay, we're game. Let's try to do something to fix it." Um, they were the first, and because you know the sheer size of these two companies solving the problem together, now we have RFC 8325 that describes how the industry should be marking QoS, and everybody is implementing it. Um, the Fastlane equivalent, you know, the ability to tell at the station level is being injected into the Wi-Fi alliance, so it's getting to the uh, to to everybody else. It takes time, but it takes much faster than before, where you know. QS has been existing since 2006 and nothing had been done. Uh, so the same goes here for Fastlane Plus. When we looked at 11AX and we started testing together, we say, oh, wait a minute, that BSR technique finds some limitations in some cases. Is there a way for us to go over those limitations, over overcome them? We say, yeah, if we design this, we could. So we did that together, and our plan is definitely uh, to bring that to the uh, general industry. In fact, um, you, you may know that there is the 802.11BE, which is the successor of 11AX that's being developed at the IEEE um, in the 802.11 working group. We presented uh, Fastlane Plus there, um, and we are inserting this as an update, you know, in BE, BE updating 11AX. So we'll present it there as, a, as an update to 11BE uh, uh, so that, you know, everybody can do it because in the end, you know, it's going to, make everybody's life better. So we're the first one to do it because we wanted to get that push. But of course, we want to generalize it to everybody so that everybody can have that uh, good experience. We're talking a lot about um, AX a lot. So, you know, AX brought back 2.4. Does Fastlane Plus actually work on 2.4 or is it mainly a 5 gig feature since we're talking about channel utilization? Oh, great. Yeah, it works on both, both 2.4 and 5 gigahertz, uh, which is, you know, useful in some environments where you have to use 2.4. Uh, you know, and, and especially I, I know some environments where IoT is very present, uh, 2.4 is a business critical band. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's 11x feature, that's a great point. So it, it works on 5 gig, it will, you know, work on 6 when it's available, it works on 2.4, yes. So Mike, Jonathan, do either of you see need or using this or need for this in your current environments? Oh and my, then yes. you can answer too, but... I, I, you haven't specified your environment, so I don't want to, like, interrogate you, man. Okay, sorry. 
Personally, yes, I do. Go ahead, go ahead, John. Or uh, okay, okay, all right. Um, so yeah, my environment, we we have a ton of interference and utilization is usually not so much an issue, but uh, the IoT thing comes into play and the ability to have an Apple device, right? We are an Apple friendly company, so we're, our users use Apple iPhones a lot. Uh, putting things like smart soft phones on the on the client is really nice. Uh, FaceTime, video chatting, that's actually becoming more of a need for people who are working from home, troubleshooting end uh, PLC devices, things like that. So I do see actually a huge benefit by utilizing this. Cool. Yeah, I totally agree as well, actually. So in a corporate environment, like what, where we do day to day, like there, there's so much more remote working as everyone knows. And like, even though that means like working from home and general lockdowns for us, it can be a bit of a mix where people are in the office as well. And we do have very flexible uh, arrangements where we can work from home. So there's a lot more uh, video conferencing and, and audio calls. And so it, I find that the environments actually can be quite congested. And this, this is where these features come into play. Also, I see, you know, there's definitely advantages in the IoT space, right? So AX has got that. There's extra features in there to help us out with IoT and, and small bandwidth pro um, applications. Uh, but with, the, with this added um, fast lane plus, uh, you know, we we can prioritize those and, and and have a very congested environment or a very wide reaching environment that is congested. So usually we design for like smaller footprints, but with this, it could be an, uh, something to look at where we, if we need a lot of coverage and we're going to hear a lot of noise and it's going to be a bit more congestion on the, on the line, then this will definitely help. I was just going to say, I'm so glad neither of you guys were like, oh, hell no. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Because <laughs> I didn't actually ask you about this earlier. Okay, so go ahead. Sorry. One, one thing, Jerome, actually, you know, I'm going to ask you, you might know, I'm in the process of trying out iPads on fork trucks. We have like Windows oh, really? tablets today. Yeah, and we want to use them. They they drive fast. They pick up a very heavy big bag of metal, and but they're Apple devices. And there's a lot of them flying around, you know, a couple hundred thousand square foot facility loading trucks and things like that. So will Fascinating Plus actually be able to benefit those iPad iOS devices? If they run 11AX? And they would be, yes. Yes, yes, absolutely, yes, yes. Okay. And this is interesting because you're talking now about roaming mm -hmm. uh, between access points. And, and that's where, you know, it's this is, is, is so fascinating and we, we may get into the gory details. Um, although everything 11AX is negotiated with an access point, so a BSR and, of course, Fastlane Plus is something which is an exchange between a client and one access point. The beauty is that as you move from one access point to the other, not only we have this fast roaming with 11R and you know all the optimizations we've done together, Cisco and Apple, um, but also the context of the client is passed on to the next AP. So although it's very much expected that your iPad is gonna you know, send the message back to the next AP, say, I'm continuing my flow, that AP already knows what the flow is about. So as the client says that, the schedule is already there in the AP, so you continue transparently. So not only you move within, you know, 30 to 40 milliseconds, but then the flow can resume immediately. And see, that's a that's a been an issue prior to uh, Fastlane, actually. I, I actually could notate that on, on roaming. You would hear blips and things like that. So it's actually, I, I'm very excited to see that. I do have 9120s and 9800, so... I'm actually going to try this when it comes out. Well, what I want to know is if there's a plume of metal and you get this all, all this like channel interference, is, is this going to like improve it or is it just pure channel utilization? So that's what I'd be really And will you film yourself with this in the plume? <laughs> <laughs> there is actually already a Cisco video out made about us. So I can actually update you on that if you want. Ooh, la, la. I would like to see this. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so it should work, right? I mean, interference is something, there is no magical thing, right? If, you, if your interference is louder and your signal, there is not much we can do. However, uh, the good thing is that because it's scheduled, uh, the AP knows exactly how much it gave you and how much it received. So if it didn't receive it, 
it knows you didn't you couldn't make it so it's going to reschedule you immediately so you go back into the high priority queue uh, and that makes that you know as long as the interference is destroying your signal you know there is not much physics can do uh, but as soon as you're you peek beyond that that noise uh, then you know the ap is still trying to get to you that that slot that he's been trying to uh, expect you traffic from and that you couldn't get so you know your seat is basically kept for you as long as you know the bus is moving huh. so that's actually a big compliment on mimo then right or even multi-user mimo you can really send receive through that noise even better Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, interference needs to be, you know, noise, right, and needs to be to be loud. Uh, of course, with uh, uh, MIMO, but but also with 11ax, um, you have so much resilience in the way you send your signal um, that it's very likely that you'll be better than what you had in 11ac and what you had with 11, even n. Um, and if you fail, you know, typically your station has some recovery uh, mechanism by which it's going to use a different RU. It's going to, um, you know, use DCM to double the signals. You know, there's a bunch of tricks that on the second attempt, you know, your station is going to do. Um, but, you know, as you keep trying, you know, the AP will be there saying, yep, it's it's you. It's your slot. Keep on going. Well, as I said, I'd be fascinated to see uh, what how you go with that, Ben. I will. Uh, I'll let everybody know. All right. Well. This has been really cool. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Jerome, you are a good dude, as I said earlier. <laughs> Sorry. <Thank you>. Don't <laughs> murder me when we meet You're in person. Hero. You are my hero, man. Uh, Jonathan, Ben, Mike, thank you so much. I've learned a lot. I've enjoyed this. And uh, thank you all for joining Cisco Champion Radio. I just saw Emily pop up. Hey, Emily. Um you know, thanks. Uh, if you want to learn more about today's topic, you can click on the magic link provided in the podcast description below. And as a reminder, you can subscribe. Oh, smash that subscribe button. Oh, yeah. Uh, for To Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and relieve alerts. Receive alerts. Oh, dear. I'm just, I'm done talking. That's all. Um, thanks for listening. And I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Bye. See you next Monday.